This is the Beachy Books Podcast. I'm Philip Bell, a published author and a writer. I run a little publishing company called Beachy Books, based on the Isle of Wight. And these are my beachy rambles. sun the sun out I've just gone into the shadows but basically it's you know you don't really need gloves um it's an absolutely wonderful day beautiful and it's I've needed to escape the lab because I've been hunkered down for a week pretty much non-stop inside in the office working on a deadline publishing deadline so um I suppose I quite like working like this like having sort of intense blitzes of work and it's Oh, all sorts of jobs are like this. I particularly remember it in jobs when I was in the working world. You know, working late a lot. But um, certainly when I'm a freelance, I can manage my time a lot better now. So it doesn't happen quite as much, but it still needs to happen when you've got a deadline. Like a client has just asked for something a week early. I haven't promised, but I've said I'll have a go. Um, And I always like to work in a few extra weeks because when you send off a book for public publication, you get the proof back. Some black ice on the road. When you um, when you get the work back, uh, the book back, and you look at it, there's always something wrong. And that's that nervous stage I'm at at the moment. Um, just finalising the cover of a book I'm doing. Um, which I really love that that side of it, but I always hate that sort of fear of a deadline because I've got to send it off to the printer get back a proof there's always something wrong with the proof even if there's nothing wrong with the copy and there's no actual problems with the content although there usually is something that sneaked in the main thing that seems to be wrong is colors or something just doesn't quite work out on the layout when you finally see the book and i do print it out on a home printer but it's never the same obviously it's not going to be the same inks or quality and that's what i would love god if i had endless money i would well, I'd love a book printing machine. Um, in fact, I'm, oh, I was toying with the idea of... I just love the idea of, you know, if I've, I've written the book and create the book, but I actually then bind it and publish it myself. So um, I'm actually going to do a book binding course at some point. You know, learn book binding. Not obviously professionally, um, but... A basic level. It's like a car pass. But yeah, some sort of. I quite like the idea of doing it by hand. In fact, there's a local. There's quite a few local bookbinders we've got on the Isle of Wight. Um, one guy and a couple who dropped in to my bookshop, and uh, he said that yeah, all his life, working life, he's been a bookbinder. I'd love to actually learn some skills from him. 
So, yeah, there's that sort of hand tradition, but also getting a, a printer that could actually print books would be wonderful. That's going to be out of my price range. Um, yeah, I'm climbing the big hill. A little bit breathless again. Um, but I love that. Oh, it'd be wonderful. I could probably put it in the garage. But I would like a better printer at the very least. You know, a nice big designer's printer. So I can get some really good proofs. Because you really need to look at a design. It's alright you stare at it for hours on screen. But you can't beat seeing it um, on paper. I guess. Still alive. So yeah, this really is a old school ramble in that I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Um, my mind's quite, it's been so focused on my current book project. I suppose it was just in general about book design and it really is quite a, an art that I'm just learning every day, really. Um, I just love, I just, I, I cannot get enough of it. I'm such a book geek. I love the idea of designing it and the proper names for all the different pages and the order of things. And oh, it's just so, it encompasses so much. It's, you know, the, the writing itself is years of craft, let alone the design typography side. I used to be in a design job and I've sort of been taught by some fantastic designers. Um, but it's weird, you sort of fall back on sort of old things you've been taught, which is great sometimes, but for book design there's some particularly strange little problems you get that sort of... Funnily enough, just like in a lot of design things, choosing the right font, not going mad on it, trying to sort of... And it's difficult when you've got to... When you've got to work completely from scratch, it takes longer, but at least you're in full control over what you do. But obviously, for most clients, you have to work with their logos and their current typesets and things. And that is um, more of a challenge. So I've got a, a current problem is the current logo. I'm not a big fan of it, but I've got, I've got to use it. And the book's got quite a long title, or it's got a main title and it's got a subtitle, and really sort of the subtitle I'm handling with the, the sort of the logo or the brand name. And then the book's got its own title, and I've tried to set the title in the same heading text as I've used in the book. And I like it, but I don't know, I went to bed liking it, and now I had a little look at it this morning, I'm thinking, ooh... Not sure, so I've sent it to the client anyway, just for kind of... I mean, I'm not totally unhappy with it. I'd never send anything off I'd be unhappy with, but ultimately they've got to make a decision on what they want on the front. It's just very difficult. Everyone has their agenda. Certain photos that clients are obsessed about wanting on their book just do not work. They don't work on a book cover. They might be a lovely image when studied in detail, or perhaps it works best from a distance. But up close, because that's what people do, they, first of all they want it to attract them, 
on a shelf of a bookshop or wherever, you hope, and then they want to pick it up and have a look a little bit more in detail. And the image that they proposed got lots and lots of people in it. It's a very busy shot. I just don't think it's right, so I've used more of a montage of photos. This is a photo book I'm doing. A glorified photo book, I guess. Massive photo book, in fact. Uh, so, yes. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just needed to get out for a walk to clear my head. Um, just walking through a farm. And yeah, I just, uh, I know that a solution will present itself. My old nan, who I miss dearly, I ain't grandma, she always used to say, you know, if you're a bit stressed about it or something's just not happening, not working for you, just go away from it for a bit. And I hated the advice at the time, didn't really get it. And now, of course, I do. It's the case of everything does take time. I mean, it took millions of years for the Earth to appear, <laughs> billions. Um, and then millions for us to finally appear. It, it all just takes tiny little steps along the way. Obviously, if you try and telling a client that when there's a looming deadline, they're not really gonna try and compare their looming deadline to the evolutionary period of the Earth and mankind, but you, know, you can have a go, I guess. Some crows just sitting on a rusted um, corrugated iron roof of some shabby looking farm building. That's the thing that I'd love a farm. I would just leave um, yep, nice horsey. I, yeah, if I had a farm I would just leave it scattered with old bits of rusting, um, usually steamrollers or vintage vintage uh, ploughs and tractors. They always have that. Oh, it's just old outbuildings with rusting rooftops, broken windows and jauntily arranged hay bales. Oh my god, it feels so... You need to escape the confines of your study to see your problem in a slightly different way. I know I'll come back and I'll look at my design and I'll think, hmm, it's just too busy. I think I've just put too many elements on and I revert back to my old wisdom of design uh, instructors over the years have been, keep it simple, stupid. Um, doesn't mean you can't have a beautifully intricate piece of artwork, but the design elements around it shouldn't be too overbearing. They shouldn't distract from it. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to probably add too many of the original client's elements and their logos and bits. And it's, and it's got photos on the cover as well, so... Oh, it's difficult. And also, I'm always designing the cover looking at the back cover as well, like as a spread. So back cover on the left, front cover on the right. Because um, you have to sort of almost look at it as a whole unified piece that wraps around the book. Um, so yeah, and it's weird. If for inspiration, you turn to your bookshelves and you think, my God, there's a lot of boring books. 
maybe the content's wonderful, but the actual outside, especially academic books and just some non-fiction local history type books, there they've just got usually the picture of the central place that it's written about in some sort of you know um, a framed some sort of border a fairly unobtrusive font one colour way one or two on some sort of unified background colour that spreads from the front to the back ISBNs and prices and yeah a bit of blurb on the back that's it sometimes you just pick up a book and it's just wondrous and it's usually to do with just the amazing illustration on the front or I don't know I quite I'm more of a I'm quite a graphic designery designer I quite like the grid system I quite like a grid and not necessarily absolutely everything has to be you know I like things going off the page modern looking but and it's sort of I guess it's in keeping with the book I've done with photos they're not jaunty, you know, they haven't just been putting like a scrapbook. So it follows that the cover's got to sort of be in keeping really quite modern. Uh, anyway, I'll solve it. I'll figure it out, I'll get back. Or I'll get back and think, you know what, it's fine. Or the client will say, I love it. Don't change it. Done. I mean, in the end, you have to, you have to say, put a full stop on it and say, it's done. Someone has made a decision. Ultimately, you're probably never going to be totally happy. You're always going to be a little bit wary. And as I said, it, it, it only you can only make the decision when you have a proof in your hand from the printer or from wherever you're going to print it from to see how it feels and looks. So, yeah, I'm a bit nervous of that because we've got such a tight deadline. I've almost... I'm praying and hoping I get it right on the first one, which is almost unheard of in every any book I've done. Uh, the first printer proof has always had an error in it either something I'm annoyed with or the client wants to change so we will see um, yes I think I did another blog about do judging a book by its cover and people do but I have to say the little details and fiddly things I worry about the general masses probably don't even notice or perhaps you sort of you don't notice when things are working okay. You know what I mean. You don't really t- you take it for granted. The book is how it is. I guess it's just it takes someone with a design eye, or someone working in that all the time to go. Oh, oh why do they do that? I mean, I've been picked up on my kerning before, and slight issues with typography. So I'm always quite wary to look at that. But there's always going to be someone that has an opinion on it. <laughs> You're never going to fully get it right but I try my best anyway thanks for listening and uh, yes if you're wrestling with your book cover design either pay for really brilliant professional book designers to do it don't worry about it but even then you've still got to make a decision on the proofs that they send you or uh, go for a walk and then come back to it and I'm sure the solution will present itself
You've been listening to the Beachy Books podcast. Presented by Philip Bell. Music by Dan O'Neill.